0: You're listening to Healing Voices Project, where we share stories and the latest information from people who fight addiction every day. I'm Mike Torvill, your host and author of Voices from the Fallen. Thank you for listening, for following, and most of all, for sharing with people you care about. Make your voice count, too. Everybody, thanks for joining us at Healing Voices Project. I have two special guests today: Katie Patterson and Tatiana Shearer from BHN, the Behavior Health Network, and um, who work at a place a program called the Living Room. And uh, Katie, you're a, a Western Mass native who has now yeah. been at the Living Room for three and a half years. Yes. And I think you're certainly one of the reasons this program has been successful. as we could see clearly and Tatiana you're a certified specialist a certified peer specialist Mm -hmm. and you've been at the living room a little bit longer how long have you been there five years five years how long has the program been in existence
1: uh we're celebrating almost 10 years now so it's like nine and a half mark wow yeah well -hmm. that's
0: a great sign of success (laughs)
1: yeah, <laughs>
2: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, so there's a lot to talk about with the living room, how it works, um, what's involved, and a few success stories. And I think we can get into some related things, but there's a lot to talk about. And I'll just tell you what got my attention um, from Katie. Give you uh, credit because a couple of months ago we were at the Hammond County Sheriff's Task Force, and you did a presentation about the living room, and I was so impressed. I said, "Well, got to have you on. Got to have to talk about this program <laughs> Thank you because much. you did a great job." And um, you brought up, I think, what was most moving to me was the success stories that my you brought up. <laughs> it sure was, yeah, and it really got my attention. So. We want to talk about that. So before we get into it, then you've been here a little bit longer at the living room, Tatiana. Uh, Let's talk about what what your role is, how it's got started, and a little bit about the program.
1: I have been here the longest. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, The HN years seem to just fly by. So... How I got started in the living room is I had a roommate at the time who was a recovery coach, and she just walked up to me, um, and said, "You would be a great peer specialist." And the rest is history. You know, I got the nerves out. I interviewed, got the position, and I started out as a peer specialist. And I walk into the living room which is this unreal place of just like comfort and warmth and it was inviting. The peers are very kind, they're compassionate, they're understanding and I believe our lived experience provides that sense of um, empathy.
0: Mm -hmm. Because you yourself have experienced, you yourself are are in recovery and you can relate, you know what it's like and as a true peer specialist Mm. you understand and have a level of compassion that i think a lot of people might not see it Mm -hmm. as well as you do um and we can talk about what what brought you here and and katie your role at the living room is how is that different from tatiana's role
2: so tatiana's my boss (laughs) and tatiana oversees all the peers and all the living room but all the peers for the whole of bhn Mm -hmm. um i oversee the peer specialist for the living room and for the crisis department So I started out as a peer just like Tatiana did, and um, I moved my way up to senior certified peer. So now the peers that are at the living room, I make sure they're well supported as well as the guests are well supported because being a peer is very emotionally intense. And Mm -hmm. that's really you know here to make sure everyone's okay and support everyone throughout BHN.
0: Mm -hmm. Because what you're interacting with every day, it can certainly be exhausting. Emotionally, so emotionally yes, because right. there's yes. really,
2: really high highs where you know, this is the best day and this person got better, and there's really low lows where we have you know guests pass away, mm-hmm. and um, those two things can happen within an hour, <laughs> so it can be pretty emotionally intense.
0: The end um, of the day, he was like, "Whew."
2: Yes, <laughs> usually yes, <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, my role and there's two other supervisors with me as well is to make sure that. The guests are well-supported, the staff are well-supported, and we are operating under the Peer Support Code of Ethics and Guidelines.
0: Okay. And uh, we talked earlier, but the living room has been there in place for 10 years now?
1: Almost. Almost. Just about, yeah. Yeah.
0: What's changed in 10 years with the living room? Um, You can say there's lots that's changed outside that, but (laughs) in terms of that specific program, how has it changed given all the things that have occurred around us?
1: Um, Honestly, (coughs) minus the pandemic with all those restrictions, we never closed. Um, So going back even further, when it opened, um, it had never been done before. There were no structure, policies, procedures. There was no such thing as a peer, as a a worker, um, as an employee. So the idea was introduced, and it was built from the ground up. So you have this, you know, little program that's really just trying to provide support in the community in a much different way than you need help you need services you need to go impatient right now in fact it was this person's really tired this person's actually really hungry so that's that's how we started and so we go there and you know fast forward a couple of years where we are now facilitating trainings and, and actually being a part of the peer movement and incorporating all of these values into the behavioral health system, where it's just unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> what do clinicians do with peers? It, it is this, you know, anomaly, because we understand clinicians, we understand the guest, and sometimes people are just crisis fatigued themselves. Yeah, and so they don't want to do it right now. They don't want to go to the hospital. They don't need to take their medications. Whatever the case may be, um, we have. Uh, I want to say very few requirements. The person needs to be able to take care of themselves, be able to you know take their own medications, you know manage their own selves, ma- manage them their time, advocate for their needs. They come to us and say, "I need A, B, and C," and then we walk with you through that process. <coughs> um, over the years, it's just become bigger and better, more efficient um, as far as the staff, the quality of care. That is really the change because the model wasn't broken, so we didn't try to fix it, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. What we did was expand on our values, which is uh, person-first, person-centered language, trauma-informed care. That's just this mind-blowing new idea that's you know not new, but new to to, to workers in in this field.
0: And there's one facility in Springfield. There's one living room. There's
1: one living there's room. One me.
2: There are other peer facilities, but there's one living room.
0: Okay. And uh, so has this idea been replicated elsewhere? And, uh, and if so, how has that, that turned out? Or are you it?
2: So we are, <laughs> in a way, we are it for what we are. Okay. Um, there yeah. are other places called the living room, but those are specifically for coming out of inpatient. You'll go here. Mm-hmm. It can't be, it's not a walk-in where anyone can come in. Okay. So the walk-in model, the you know, crisis-diversion model, the emergency-diversion model, that is pretty unique to us. Um, and
1: yeah, I would say um, specifically the living room is unique because we have clinical oversight, mm-hmm. but it's completely peer-run, peer-oriented. And if we need support, we'll go to the to, to the big dogs and like, hey, you know, here's our help button, almost <laughs> for crisis. And they, we are completely unified in that. You mm-hmm. know, we used to be under the emergency services umbrella. Now we've kind of just morphed into this island of just peer support. Yep. And, you know, now they're coming to us like, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> here's their help. We're their help button now. And, you know, it just works. It's that collaboration. Whereas if, if someone does need um, more services, then they can get that if they don't need it. Mm-hmm. And they're coming out and they just want to relax before they go to their next step. That's, that's the game. That it's really not much to it. Um, there is one in Greenfield that she was referencing. Um, it's literally called the living room. But, again, there's really strict um, structure to it and a lot of rules um, where we're just more open, welcome, inviting. It just You don't need to be in treatment to get the support. And I
0: think the success of the program for 10 years, particularly the last five, when you guys have been involved, um, <laughs> says <laughs> says a lot though <laughs> the fact that you've yeah. you've been doing this for five years and as successful as it is, because I know you've got speaking of success, you've got a few success stories. I know Katie, when we first met, you had brought up those stories, and I thought, wow, that was very moving. Um, and so maybe we talk. About, want to talk about a success story. I know you brought Absolutely. up, yeah, maybe there's more than one. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a bunch. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, good, yeah.
2: The one I spoke about at the yeah. Hamden County Addiction Task Force meeting yeah. um, was about an older gentleman, and uh, he was, I think, 76, I believe.
0: When he first walked in the when door. When he
2: first walked in the door, hmm. um, well, he rang our doorbell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he was homeless, mm-hmm. uh, an alcoholic, and he was very content being both of those things. Um, He was content to live in the abandoned building next to us. He was content to live under a bridge if he had to. And he was content just drinking his life away, really. Um, And something that you have to get used to with working at the living room is you kind of have to be okay with that. Um, Because peers support person-motivated goals. So the first time he rang our doorbell, you know, he was sober at the time because we don't let anyone who's super intoxicated Mm -hmm. into our space. Um, He was very grumpy. And he said, I just need a cup of coffee. And I said, I'm going to get you the best cup of coffee that you can possibly have then, <laughs> yeah. sir. So he comes in and he sits down and, you know, I sat down with him or other peers sat down with him. And uh, you know, we talked about, you know, who he was. He was a veteran. Um, he had been homeless for a long time. His mother was still alive. She was a hundred um, and I think 101. Wow. wow. And um, we learned you know, he'd come in every single day. And
0: had he seen his mother for a while? Have he hadn't been... spoken to
2: her. In, in a, a very long time.
0: In a long time, okay.
2: Um, he knew where she was. He mm-hmm. knew her phone number. Mm-hmm. And we have a phone, but he didn't want to do it. Um, you know, with gentle suggestions like, it, you know, it's Mother's Day today. Or, you know, um, they didn't work. Um, so eventually, you know, every day for about six months, he'd come in, get a cup of coffee, give us the same, you know, you know, standoffish, Grumpy, grumpy attitude, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really hard for a staff as well to support him walking out the door knowing he's going to go being in that abandoned building. So eventually, you know, we always brought up the idea that, hey, you know, on the way out, here's our resources for detox, or here's our resources for this. But it's just a gentle suggestion. It's never, you have to do this. So one day he came in and it was in the winter and it was very cold in the winter. And he was, I think at this point, he might've been 77. And uh, he got the cup of coffee, sat down, he was fine, and I was like, sign (laughs) what? I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And he goes, give me the number for detox. And I said, awesome. You know, so after six months of sitting down, all of our peers, getting to know this person on an individual level, relating to him, you know, a lot of our staff had veteran families. Mm -hmm. um, He went to detox and he failed. You know, he was there for about two hours and walked right out, came right back to the living room.
0: When he, he came back to you. He so did. Because
2: yeah. he knew that coming back to the living room, we're not a judgmental space. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to knock you or judge you if you fail at trying to recover. So he did this a lot. He went But to also,
0: the, do not interrupt you, but yeah. you you obviously established a, established a trust with him.
2: Which is a very big thing yeah. within peers, yeah. is we learn from our guests just as much as they learn from us. Mm-hmm. We build that rapport. And that's where, you know, we are non-clinical. We have those connections of, you know... Just getting to know somebody on a deeper level and being able to ask, you know, what happened? Why are you here like this? So asking those questions really got him to that point. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it was another six months or so of going to detox, relapsing, coming back, failing, cursing us out (laughs) because it was a bad idea. But he kept coming back. He kept coming back. So eventually it stuck. Um, He went to detox. He went to uh, aftercare. He went to a sober house where he has been living for two and a half years. He recently. He's got to be 80 now. He is. Wow. Uh, I okay. think he is. He just <laughs> got his own apartment. Okay. He is, I believe, a year sober at this point, and he talks to his mom every day. Wow. Who is still alive?
0: <laughs> oh, I bet you this is thrilling for her it to is. finally be reconnected with her son. I mean, absolutely. Just think if it went the other way. Absolutely. You know? um, she's got to be 100 and. Whatever. She's lived a good, long life. <laughs> we well, that's wonderful. Wow. What a great outcome. Yes. True. It was, wow.
2: And, you know, we have a lot like that, a lot of yeah. outcomes like that. And yeah. we have a lot that don't end like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know. But those are the ones
0: that keep you going. Those are the ones that keep yeah. us going.
2: And yeah. those are the ones that when it's a slow day and there's no one in the space, all your staff will sit around and talk about, hey, you know, I saw so-and-so the other day. And, you know, he was at a recovery meeting and he looks great. Or I saw so-and-so, she was going to her class at Stick. Mm-hmm. You know, these people that we know from their lowest of lows, that's how we keep going is we see them at their highest of highs. And it's not us that got them there, but it's a support of peers that gave them the strength to get there themselves.
0: Wow. Wow. That's great. Um, and now you have, I mean, certainly he's an exception. Um, mm mm-hmm. 80 years old' that and is now an seeing his mom every day. Yes. Wow I hope I can talk to my mom every day when I'm 80, I hope I get to 80. <laughs> Yes Wow, that's a great story. Um, and you have other success stories too. I know you have lots of them but uh, ones that you want to highlight again?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, there's this one woman and she is you know she used to come to us all the time. A yeah. uh, younger woman, I believe she's in her 40s and um, she would come to us she was um, addicted to many substances very much homeless and again, happy to do those things. Mm-hmm. And she would come in and she would be pretty combative uh, verbally with us as a staff, you know. If she tried to come in while she was under an influence, that's why we have the doorbell. They stop at the door and we can do a quick little.
0: A little assessment. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: to make sure they're safe yep. to come in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd turn her away often because she was oftentimes under an influence and uh, she did not like that. And she would get very angry with us, you know, and this was going on for years of she, was using was homeless and that was okay eventually she kind of did the same thing she went to detox it didn't work (laughs) she went to detox it did not work um over and over but she would always come back to us for that support Mm -hmm. of knowing that we were a place that isn't going to judge you for your addiction we're going to be there to support the person behind the addiction um and eventually you know one time it stuck and she went to aftercare in a sober house and all these steps and it took a long time um, she's now in an apartment of her own. She is about two years sober, I believe, wow. if I'm getting my timeline right. Mm-hmm. Um, she's taking classes at Stick. she's 45, she's the oldest person in her math class and she's very proud of it. <laughs> um, she just passed her, uh, I think it was her algebra test, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other day she still comes to us, you know, in her sober seat and yeah. so she came in and she was like, Katie, I need help because we have a computer in our space that people mm-hmm. can use. Mm-hmm. And um, she handed me this piece of paper and an envelope, and she was shaking. And I was like, okay, what is it? And it was a code to take her permit test because she hadn't had her license in a very long time. Wow. And so we sat down at the computer. I was like, I'm not giving you an answer, but I will get you to the website, and we can do this. Perfect. She yeah. passed in our space. Wow. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. incredible. The celebration was epic. <laughs> 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 and, you know, she just turned around, and she actually has an interview on the BHN website for the living room. If oh, wow. anyone wants to check that out. Um, wow. But yeah. she, you know, she turned to us, she goes, I, you know, she's like, I used to yell at you guys. You guys, I used to curse you out, curse your name. She goes, look at us <laughs> now. <laughs> wow. So it's just, yeah. you know, having that rapport and seeing the person behind yeah. how they act in addiction or how they act in the throes of a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. That's where peers come in, is we are always person focused, not addiction focused, and we're not diagnosed focused. You know, we're just looking at the person.
0: Yeah, and I I can see already um, a a good part of the success is is what you guys are doing and your ability to see through that and the the trust that people have in you um, is is a big key to this whole success. Now, Tatiana, I know you've been there for five years um, (laughs) and you had gone through your own experience, right? And Your own experience that led you to where you are today. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to talk a little bit about what what progressed with yourself and your story?
1: Uh, yes, <coughs> um, I am in long-term recovery. Um, celebrating 10 years Awesome, this yeah, year. yeah nice. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 10 years, um, uh, it's November. And when I started at the living room, I was at the five-year mark. And so um, it's been a journey, it's been a journey. I was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, come from a very long line of alcoholics and addicts, so that was basically our um, legacy, you know, and so I come from a relatively big family and at, you know, at the turning point where I was able to go out on my own when I turned 18, I just... Reckless, wild, careless, and, you know, I, I was still able to hold jobs. I was still able to do the day-to-day, but drinking and using was my 9-to-5. You were, you were functioning through it. But then, yeah, yeah, like okay. it was my full-time job from yeah. 19 to, I would say, a good 26. Um, you know, it's one of those stories where you're... You turn twenty one, and the legal drink is just not that celebratory. You know, I, I remember that. Because you moment. had all that experience yeah, prior like, to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, this is a really expensive ice water. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, I was that kind of a drinker, and, and I was that kind of a you know youth, and um, you know, I always had it in me that I I would do better. I would I would be better. Um, I lost my mother at a very young age, um, strong believer in childhood trauma, being healed first before you try to support someone else. And so once I'd gotten the message and and I'd received the message many times, you know, many detoxes, many treatment centers later, um, somebody finally sat me down and I was ready to receive this message and it was, it's not your fault. And that probably changed my life. Addiction is a disease. Those types of conversations start to propel me in a way where I can now see reality. I'm not living in this dysfunction anymore. I I am. I come from a really good family. I am also a military brat. My dad's vet from uh, Iraq, and and I'm just like I know better, you know. And you have that. It's <coughs> just like. You put the stuff down, finally you can breathe, you can think straight, you get your body right. Um, you know I would try to reach out to family, but I realized that was a hindrance in my journey when I was new. So I really just stopped and thought about what I needed when I finally was ready to get treatment. And I went through Carlson at BHN as well <laughs> mm-hmm. multiple times and, and I can't speak to I can't speak enough good to the staff there, the nurses who really understand the struggle of somebody who really, really wants to get sober and has to come back week after week. I was one of those, I left AMA, I'm done, (laughs) I'm cured, I've eaten, I've slept, I've even showered, I am good, and I'd come back the next week, beat down, and, you know, probably the fourth time I went to Carlson sober because I just didn't want to pick up, and they understood that notion. Mm Mm-hmm. And so from there, I would get into, um, it's it was called something else, Arbor House. It's now Phoenix, Phoenix House, House or something yeah. in Holyoke. Mm-hmm. Um, it was co ed, which worked for me because I didn't have any yeah. distractions. Yeah. I could focus on myself. All the other girls are just like, oh, it's co ed, yay! <laughs> <laughs> so I had that added benefit of just being able to focus on my needs, getting to know myself. And I think that's the key piece for people who really, really take this seriously is get to know yourself. What do you like, what do you dislike? Now your your body's healing, your nervous system is healing. And I couldn't figure, why am I crying all the time? I'm such a (laughs) sensitive person and realize, you know, in the street, you have no feeling, you're numb. But here I am just so sensitive and I'm like, oh my God. What's
0: happening to me? uh, Yeah, I'm uh, like, (laughs) I gotta go to bed
1: at eight o'clock. You know, these are new things and people just cannot understand how your body needs to heal. Um, from the decades of damage. Um, and so, you know, five years later, um, I was introduced to the living room, never heard of it before. It had been up and running for three or four years already. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, <coughs> recovery coaches were stationed there. That was a very new program. And so, my roommate at the time was also a recovery coach. Um, the, f- the, Founders, will say, is Justin Mel. Um, He's like a big deal in Connecticut right now. And Matt Leone is definitely worth a shout out um, because one was very, very peer, one was very, very clinical, and it's like their love child, Mm -hmm. the living room. And so with clinical oversight, the living room is so successful with um, providing support and services, or one or the other. Um, And so when I step into the living room as, you know, this newly sober person, I wanted to save the world with my recovery story and my big book and my 12-step background and this is the way. And you quickly find out that at that level, a lot of people have no idea what recovery is. Mm -hmm. So you learn to listen um you listen to learn oh i thought i'd never be that cliche it It happened (laughs) did you make
0: that Uh, up (laughs) (laughs) i have heard it before
1: (laughs) um but it is so true in this instance and you learn what people are looking for because not everybody um is successful one way or the other and certainly i needed a structured disciplined routine um much to my dismay you know because i like to be a wild and free yeah well (laughs) you know it's a big shift yeah yeah Yeah, but now (laughs) i'm just like eight o'clock nine o'clock ten o'clock that stuff really helped me manage my day the free time the the crazy thoughts um surrounding myself with the network the team of peers there were you know just human and i think that's the difference of people being themselves and and Getting supported to do that, we're encouraged to be ourselves. And the
0: peer-to-peer aspect is, is yeah. obviously really important, and Absolutely. the trust you have established.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and I think the relatability, yeah. which you certainly can offer.
2: That's all peers are—is is we can relate right to every situation that walks through our door. Mm-hmm. Um, together, together, not, not all of us. Yeah, yeah. We're together, <laughs> not as all as of as us. As as no We
1: have person. a hard time relating to
0: our family, no, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I get that. Yeah. We, so we have different yeah. yeah.
2: peers. You know, we have yeah. peers that are you know, in recovery from substances, peers that are in recovery from mental health, peers that are in recovery from domestic violence. So at any given time on our staff, on a shift, almost anyone who walks through that door, we have a staff member that goes, I've been exactly where you are or been very close to where you are. Mm -hmm. And that's how that trust forms.
0: And I think when you said listen to learn to listen and listen to learn, that's really so important because I I can see it. that There's a lot of people who want to talk to someone who can't relate, and they're they're not even listening to me. Absolutely. They can't, and they get tuned out, turned off. When you know there's somebody zeroing in on you, you say, oh, they're actually paying attention.
2: We have a lot of people that come through the living room for the first time, and the the process is they come in and have a first conversation one-on-one with a, a peer, whoever that may be. And a lot of times we hear, wow, this is the first time I feel like I've been listened to in exactly. a very long time. Yes. Or when they get to go cook their own meal, mm-hmm. wow, this is the first time I've cooked my own meal in six years. You know, this is the first time I felt comfortable, I felt safe, I felt like I've, I'm in a home, mm-hmm. which is why we're called the living room. <laughs> right. And it is, it's a
0: beautiful room. Thank I you. mean, uh, I've seen the pictures I've have and been there physically, but it's... it's you should
2: a, come on down. It's
0: very comfortable. I might stay a while.
2: You could stay a while. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> you <Yeah>. can support. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I think when you talk, we talked about the peer-to-peer, we're talking about trust. And also, I think there's a key aspect to this is patience, which I've heard you talk about really a lot, is like in the first example, this person who came in 76, 77 years old, kind of grumpy. Anybody Mm -hmm. might have just said, you just go away. But no, you (laughs) had the patience, right? To to keep this going and look what resulted.
2: The living room has taught me that I am way more patient than I ever thought I was. Mm. Um, And I think that your patience level is affected when you realize that, you know, these are people's lives. These are human beings. You know, you can't get mad at somebody who's struggling with a disease like addiction or a mental illness. Um, so there are a lot of times where frustration could sink in really easily. Um, but yeah, this, I think, and this is a pretty common sentiment about, among our staff, is that this job teaches you patients that you did not know you had.
0: Well, yeah, and you know, you've talked earlier about <clears throat> how exhausting it can be, yeah. because the highs, the lows, and I'll tell you, so a couple things, that I wrote a book a couple, no, a couple years ago called Voices from the Falling, when I interviewed eight different people, and the point of me bringing this up, is I will to give each a copy, a special gift for Please. being a guest, Thank you. but um, the but <laughs> point I was going to get to is in writing this book, my eyes were opened um, so much, talk about being exhausted, there's eight different stories, eight different mm-hmm. uh, outcomes effects and so on um it it was emotionally exhausting I had to stop writing I was crying when I was writing it I had to stop for months at a time I said oh my god this is just unbelievable what people have gone through now in this book I didn't shy away from it he said there's there's the the times when you know the reality is people die from this Mm -hmm. um you can't shy away from it there's great success stories and that's what keeps you going but and my point is I have a newfound respect for people who work through this every single day. I could hardly take it for, you know, the short time I was writing, but I had the option of taking a break. Right. You don't, and that's a huge amount of respect. And in um, also too, to the internet, I've gotten to know some of the staff at BH. Phenomenal people. It's a great staff. Michelle, Joy, both of you, and I just yeah. think
1: which Michelle? There's many Michelles. Well,
0: one <laughs> I'll say Michelle McCallion. She's okay. she's okay. also a. a the neighbor, okay. so I've known her outside of this. Oh, that's wonderful. Got this started, yeah. So, um, I didn't meet the other Michelle, so I don't know. You got she's you. probably <laughs> just as nice. <laughs> yeah, BHN, yeah. I mean,
2: all yeah. of our departments yeah. work together yeah. every day. Yep. Yeah. um, BHN really facets every level of care you could really ever need for mental illness or for substance use. Um, mm-hmm. so we are all pretty connected and pretty, you know, have great communication between departments. It's a really wonderful staff.
0: Yeah, sure is. You guys got so much happening there.
1: I do yeah. want to add that mm-hmm. I think a really important piece is that you don't have to be suffering mm-hmm. in order to receive support. You Absolutely. Know? we as professionals are told we should have therapists and stuff like that. So it's like. I <laughs> <laughs> see that, you're therapy you know, so to each <laughs> other, right? Yeah. We are, yes. Yeah. Each other's therapists. Yeah, special kind yes. yeah, of just yes. Yes. like, you know, yeah. you can come in, you're welcome. You don't need to have an issue to utilize the living yes. room specifically. If you wanna come in because it's 100 degrees outside, that's that's good that's enough. Enough you know. of a reason. <laughs> so yeah. please come in. <laughs> if you want to come invite... in hide from wildfire smoke? Sure. Oh, anyone is welcome. Careful. Um, yeah. You know, and there is a space limit. You know, there's seven people yeah. at a time, time limit. But we try to make sure there's you know room and space for everybody. Um, and you do, and we'd prefer if you were not going through an emotional <laughs> breakdown, but we are here for that, too. Do you ever
0: think, be careful what you ask for? Because, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, <you're>, <laughs> you said you've had a line
1: outside your door yeah, before, right? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Every every day, yeah. Every day. Every day. Every day. And, and, and I think the great thing is that you can come in and just see it. You mm-hmm. can. You don't have to stay or, you know, commit mm-hmm. to it. Just look around because if this is something that you can, you know, be a part of, or you're welcome. You're welcome to come in. And I also want to say that I, I'm reading your book. I read your book as it's oh, well. Phenomenal. Yes. Oh, Oh, thank you. And we're going to take copies to pass them on. Yeah, oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know you guys had already read it. but <laughs> yeah, I yes, took two uh, copies I mean, from the meeting and gave them to us. It is <laughs> okay. phenomenal, um, just the attention to detail.
2: And the rawness behind it as well, how raw honest it is
0: as well. I've gotten to know in fact a lot of people I knew most of my life in here. That's why I was emotionally connected to this. Jack Jonah uh, being Mm. one of them Um, and other friends who I've changed names for. That's probably why it affected me so much but it's just it's very I often say these are not case studies these are raw emotional stories that gets into the personal aspect with family members as you you could see but you could see how I said I Imagine I love the different
1: day. perspectives on the same situation because you know yeah. there's three sides to every oh, story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that piece and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's how a therapist talks, you know. <laughs> it was so good because it's just like you think you're yeah. just like, You know, being the person that's active, you think that you are saving everybody from your circus and your chaos. But everyone around you is just like, I saw the circus. (laughs) I want my money back. Right, right, right. It was good. It was so good. Well, thank um, you. You know, it's, that, it's yeah. really important work that you're doing
0: here. You know, it's, it's um, one of the things that I've, I've learned. And I could see it also, too, until it came out. Because when I was interviewing people, I heard the person telling their story. And then I interviewed maybe their wife. or And they said, that's not at all what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different. Yeah. Let me tell you yeah. my two cents. Yeah, right. And it, it's yeah. almost, it's humorous, but it's also eye-opening. And, and that's what I thought was an important thing. Um, well, thanks bo- both of you uh, for coming on. And now before we leave, can you mention one more, the, the website and the phone number just so people want to know more about it.
2: Sure. So, so yeah. we are at uh, bhn.org.
1: Right?
2: BHNINC.org. B- B- H- N- uh, okay. um, and i will bring you to the homepage of BHN. There's an emergency services tab. We're right under the emergency services tab. And that's where
0: you'll find the living room. That's
2: where you find the living room and a nice video featuring Tatiana that gives you a little virtual tour nice. of said yeah. living room. Okay. Katie
1: also has a video.
2: We don't have right. to talk about my video. No <laughs> You're uh, on one now, by the way. <laughs> oh, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot. Sorry. Yeah. And the phone number is 413-310-3312.
0: All right. Well, thank you both. Uh, for coming on. I appreciate your time and both here, uh, another copy to, to hand out. Of course. Thank you. So, we have um, some swag for you as well. Oh, wow. Thank you very much. i um, pretty much it's honorary wonderful.
1: employee at this point. All right. Yes. Well, thank you of <laughs> so much. You're
2: welcome anytime. I'll thank you for today. having
0: us yes, on. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, both. And thanks, everybody, for listening. See you soon. Thanks.